Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hey, sports fans. Bill Kasky back at the 2X Podcast. Welcome back for another episode. Today, we're going to deviate a little bit from uh, the whole technique, sales, prospecting, strategy, mindset. We're going to go into the financial world. I've got a very good friend of mine, Mark Cade, who has been a wealth planner for probably 25, 30 years, and he works with a lot of very high income and high net worth people. And I had a chance to bring the microphones to a little a little back porch setting where he and I were just uh, sitting and talking a little bit. And I thought, I think he's got some really interesting perceptions about financial planning, creating wealth, especially for business people. And so I thought you might like this interview. It's about 18 minutes long. We talk about balance sheets and income statements personally, talk a little bit about discipline, a little bit about attitudes around money. And so I thought you'd enjoy this. So by the way, if you want information on an upcoming webinar that we're doing, Rise of the World Class Sales Leader, we're doing another one one in August, you can go to BillKasky.com and right at the very top is a little streamer that has all the information on it. So make sure you do that. Also, there's plenty of other free resources at BillKasky.com as well. So uh, on with the interview. Well, this is a special treat for me. I'm sitting on the back porch of a good friend of mine and I'm sitting here smoking a PFD. Is that what it is, Mark? I think so. PFD cigar. And Mark and I are talking about wealth and wealth creation, and I know this 2X podcast is typically about how to sell, how to generate more business, how to generate leads, how to think differently about prospecting and lead generation and sales. But I invited Mark on today because I I think a big part of success in 2Xing your business is how do you manage your money, how do you think about wealth creation, how do you think about the assets that you have, and I thought there's no better person to have on than someone I've worked with off and on over the years, and that's Mark Cade. And Mark, welcome. Thank you. Welcome, Bill. Tell me a little bit about your background, how you got started in in the planning and the and the wealth industry, and uh, just give us a couple minutes on some of just who you are and how you got your start. I started selling life insurance fundamentally back in 1981, and most of the people from my business transferred out of that into stock brokerage, and then and then with some credentials and some experience, which was a, a lifelong learning process for me that I've developed and continue on. And so that becoming a CFP, Certified Financial Planner, and a Registered Financial Consultant, among other things, uh, gives me the, uh, the strength and the experience to work with individuals. And that's, my business is predicated on that. Um, I'm also a graduate of Bill Kasky's school about 25 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, so and through Bill, I've learned a, a amazing a lot of things on, on how to restructure my thinking, 
and then I've developed that beyond that with his help on occasion. So that's uh, I I manage money, but my primary goal and focus is managing and helping people with their wealth management. So tell me, because one thing I've noticed about you is when you work with people, like you even alluded to, you are into the numbers and into the creation of wealth, but you take a slightly different approach into the emotions behind it and the, the thinking behind it. Tell, tell me, what are a couple of your principles around, if, if I'm listening to this and you know what, I'm, I'm in my 30s and I haven't what I would call created wealth yet, but I want to, what are some principles that you really have adhered to in your time in this business that you've seen work? Just rant a little bit on a couple things you've noticed. The first thing I'd, I'd strongly recommend is to find out where you are and who you are. And that's very simple, and it's elementary, but it's not because most people don't do it. And the reason I do this is because I want them to communicate with their accountability partner, which it's a significant other or close trusted friend or close trusted family member, whoever, but I call it a, a YAP, your accountability partner. And doing that, what your first step, I think, and people don't do this, is basically create a simple balance sheet so you know where you are and an income statement. And I'll briefly discuss those so you understand that. And most people do, but the reason you're doing this is in market and time is to sit down with your partner, I'll call them that, so they can and you are accountable to them and they may be accountable to you, especially if it's a spouse. The balance sheet date it, time it, and have what I call a a family meeting. And doing that will give you a a basis of where you are and and where you're going to be going because I want you to have this session once a year. Most people don't do that because they don't take, they work, it's it's an old saying, more people spend more time planning their vacations than they do their lives. So this doesn't take long. A balance sheet consists of basically simply what you own, what, what it's worth versus your debt. Very simple. The next statement I, I want you to create is an income statement. And through that, I want you to develop a needs and wants process. You need to pay your light bill. You need to pay your car payment. You need to pay your mortgage. And then once is ancillary functions like I go out to eat once a week we want to go to a show or anything like that. I think you get the gist of that. Having done that and, 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 and researching that and making sure you know where you are, that's the first step. Because there's no sense in going anywhere unless you know where you are. People talk about credit scores, and they're important. But what, credit score, what, what a credit score do, will do is allow you to borrow money. And that's okay because there's good debt and bad debt, but moreover, Creating that gives you, your net worth is more important than a credit score. And that's a fundamental fact. Most people check their credit scores, and you should. But the bottom line is to have this basis a starting point. So if you're 30, you, you can see that, and you may say, well, this is not very good. Well, of course not. But you're going to build on that, and you're going to do this once a year. And you're going to have, now, some people will meet quarterly. Some people meet semi-annually. I'd recommend it at a minimum annually. 
So the notion of that is that I can't know where I'm going. I can't create a path to where I'm going if I don't know first my origin, point of origin, which is this balance sheet and income statement. Exactly. What what do you think about, because I've always felt like there is the asset on paper, which is the, the net worth, but there's also the intangible asset, which is earning power, which is skill sets, which is is our um, my my human potential, my potential in business, or my potential in sales, or my potential in life. Do you ever? I know that's not spreadsheetable necessarily, but do you ever have conversations with people about that? Of course, because it's you have to know uh, Stephen Covey begin with the end in mind. You have to know where you want to go or where you're going. But trust me, it'll change. It, it moves. And it's a moving target. And I tell most people that you're going to hit the bullseye. I mean, excuse me, you're going to hit the target, but you may not hit the bullseye because the target is moving. It moves. Things change. You have to be adaptable to change. Another, uh, uh, another reason for that is, and I tell people, especially commission people, is understanding what's coming in or what's going to happen and then understanding that they need to create in that needs column a certain amount and it's it's an old financial planning cliche but some type of an emergency fund but you're doing this so that you'll have work from a position of strength so if you don't have three months of needs pretend you do and get there and think that you'll get there and do that so the, the first criteria of saving any money is to at least develop that. That's so key because that gives you a position to work from strength. And having that means I don't need to make this sell. I don't need to make these 20 calls today, but I want to because I want to help people, not because I need the money, you do, but because you need to help them because what you offer is something of value for your market. So that, that, with that feeling of strength, that allows you and knowing where you are and where you're going and having discussed this. So I've had a young couple come in, they're 27 years old, and I said, well, what was your biggest dream in life? What would you like to do? And they said, we want to go to Europe for a month and take a month off and go to Europe and go biking. And I said, fine. Let's plan on doing it next year. And they both looked at me like, are you kidding me? And I said, no. And so we set up a plan. They went to Europe the next year. But they had that in mind. And they knew that they were covering this because they had to change some of their habits, some of their lifestyles to, to, to do that. But once they did that, they recognized the value of what they were doing in life in some ways. So that massive goal for them at that time was to do that. That's good. You know, one of the things I know you stress in your work is the power and value of a plan. So however old you are, having a plan. Tell me about how you would advise someone to think about not just the Europe trip next year, but the 20-year down the pike plan. How important is having a financial plan with a target at the end somewhere, not at the end of your life, but maybe retirement, maybe it's you want to retire when you're 45, whatever that number is or age is, how important is the plan? It's important because it gives you that basis, that groundwork, that foundation that you can work from. More so, it's important that, that you have an impetus 
a reason to make those 20 calls, to feel the confidence that this is where you're going. And it doesn't matter if somebody told you no today. It doesn't matter. What matters is where you are and your mindset and where you're, and it's so critical. So once you have this foundation and then you look at, at, well, we want to be here in 10 years, okay? What does that mean? What does that look like? Tell me what that looks like. Paint the picture so I can visualize that with you so I can fill in some details or you fill them in yourself. Tell me where you're going to be in 20 years. Isn't that hard for people? Very hard. Don't you think when you you ask a 30-something or 40-something, tell me where you want to be in 20 years. Don't you get blank stares when you say that? And Yes, and they tell me, and that's the purpose of a financial advisor or accountability partner. You pull that out of them. So you relate to experiences of maybe their parents or their grandparents and where they came from. Because more like most of the times they didn't have what you have at 30. So they can relate to that. So if you can draw that out of yourself and you sit down with a glass of wine and paint that picture because it makes you feel good and you will feel good and it gives you that something that you refer to daily, weekly, monthly, however you want to do. And yes, I do get blank stares and probably getting one now, not from you, but from, <laughs> from <laughs> I get a lot of blank stares Is that stares what I look? You. Yeah. Is that what I look like when <laughs> yeah, I'm blank? Yeah. But, and so that, that helps. That helps in a lot of ways. Yeah, it feels like it's a confidence builder too. Because if I know I'm, if I know I've got a plan and I know I've kind of charted the path there, my confidence level goes way up. Because if one person tells me no, oh well, I'm on my way to this goal. You can come with me or not. Right. It's okay if you, if anybody says no because the next person may say yes. But it feels like the directional momentum of a plan is something a lot of people miss. They do, and it's unfortunate. Our in in my area, we've determined that between five to eight percent of the population use financial advisors for various reasons. One of the biggest reasons is they're afraid to they're afraid to look in the future. They're afraid to look at the crystal ball that they just they can't see and they have to. What's that fear? What 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 it, it seems like such an exciting question. It's like wow you mean I can I can draw it on a blank piece of paper but it just petrifies people. Petrifies people. Because that, uh, uh, there's various fears, but one fear of failure, or one fear is I can't compete, or I can't keep up with this, I can't keep doing this, I can't do that. Most most younger people say I want to retire at 45 or 50. That's a common comment. Is it really? Yeah. And and so I say, okay, let's see what it looks like. And once you do some calculations and, and present future value calculations, you find out that well, you need that's fine, but here's what you need to do and you look at that picture today with your net worth and your income statement, so that that, that is the seeds. That's mm-hmm. about as simple as that. And again, it changes. Not every farmer plants soybeans in their field every year. They rotate it, and the reason why is because of prices of crops. That's a dumb analogy, Bill, but that's, a, that's the first one. I can now my blank stares. Yeah, now you're taking effect. <laughs> yeah. Bottom line is it changes. Um, yeah. And, and, and so you have to be adaptive to that things change and that's that's part of the plan so i know i have a lot of uh people in their beginning career days let's just say in the first 10 15 20 years of their career chances are if you're good at what you do and you continue to listen to this podcast and others and you grow yourself your income goes up correct i mean that's so 
I know every, a lot of financial planners say, you know, you got to start when you're young. Start putting away 10, 15, 20% of your income when you're 22. How do you feel about that? And can't you say, look, I'll, as I, as I grow my income, I might be contributing more when I'm 35, when I'm earning $100,000 a year than I even can when I'm 25, but, but I also know there's the compound interest part of that. So where do you weigh in on that? It's when I walk in a room with 20 people in a presentation, and I've got 25 to 35-year-olds in there, half of what I say makes sense to them, the other half doesn't. If they're 35 to 45, three-fourths of what I say makes sense to them. And when they begin 45 on up, it really starts to, i got to listen. And so that's that's common because, the, the obviously, when you're young, you're trying to acquire, you're trying to build, but and that's understandable. And most of your wealth is either in your home or in your 401K. But then there comes a time when you start deviating from that, and then there becomes other avenues of investment, whether it be a second home, investing in uh, uh, stocks, bonds, or whatever. But that's, 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 again, it's a foundation. So if you're 55 and listening to this, and you say very little, there's hope. Because we're living longer, and you're and not... we're working longer, you're working maybe, longer, unless you want, yeah. And you're not checking out at 60, or 62, or 65. Your portfolio or your investments is still going to be needed, and and you don't turn the risk off. You don't you don't increase it, but you don't turn it off either. Because for most of my clients, I plan for them to be a hundred. You and plan on them living to be a hundred, living to be a hundred. Which most people say, oh, I don't want to live to a hundred because I don't want that. to be frail. But yeah. you're not talking about being frail. You're talking about being active, and yeah, because the 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 numbers and the averages support. A person born today has a 90% chance of living to 100 or Absolutely. whatever that number is. And planners are starting to, advisors are starting to wake up to that fact. So you have to think in those terms. So whether you're 50 and you have $10,000 in your 401k, which supposedly is the national average of a 401k, but that includes everybody, which is great for a 25-year-old, but it's horrible for a 55-year-old, there are things you can do to to accelerate that, but your spending's also changed and your needs have also changed and your wants have really changed. Another small exercise I want people to do is on this income side is get a feel for what you're spending. So I tell them, I suggest to buy a little book or get a three by five index card and actually write down everything that they spend in 30 days. It's mind-blowing, isn't it? It's amazing because people don't realize how much money they spend on the wants like uh, Starbucks, eating Starbucks. They want to eat out lunches every day. They want to eat out five times a week. And what happens is when you see your bottom line and you see your dollars and you see that money going out, that's money that can go somewhere else for long term. And you have to commit yourself to that. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. They don't want to. But isn't it easier if, if I... Let's say that I'm 30 and I don't have much now, but let's say I have a target of I want to have $2 million in the bank by the time I'm six. $2 million in assets by the time I'm 60. Mm -hmm. So that sounds like a, a long route from 30 to 60, but you have a lot of years there and a lot of compounding mm -hmm. and the economy hopefully will stay strong, not every year. But, but isn't it true that if I have that goal of $2 million, 
I will automatically adjust my spending to make sure I hit that versus having no goal where everything that comes in goes out. Correct. You do. You tend to refocus and re... So as opposed to eating lunch out every day, you may, believe it or not, you may take your lunch to work. And not feel like I'm giving up something because I'm not... All I'm doing is trying to get to that target. Correct. To remodify your spending behaviors is key. And that's that's what people have to imagine and what they see you doing. So if, if you want to make... If you want to have $2 million when you're retired, 65 or 55, whatever, figure out what that looks like and what you have to do. So you may be able to now put $100 aside a month. That's fine. Get started. The other reason you get started, just get started with something, you'll add to it. And I tell a lot of clients, when you get a raise, take all the raise. You're used to living on what you've been earning. Take that raise and put that in your savings plan or whatever. And they do that, and they realize we didn't miss that at all. And that's what starts to happen. So it's like Linda Blair and the Exorcist. Your head just does a 180 or 360, mm-hmm. and you've realized what you've been doing, what you can People do. People would notice if you're walking around if your head did a 180 because yeah. you'd be looking the other way. 360. Yeah. And, and so bottom line is it, it re, you rethink what you're doing from where you are, what you understand your income is, and, and then where you're going and what you need to do. So your accountability partner really can help you yeah. with that. I'm all for creating the vivid picture in the future that's bright and shiny and clear enough that it automatically adjusts my behavior in the present versus that whole, well, God, I want to go out, but I got I to gotta eat turnips this week. I got to eat avocado. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's living the vividness of the picture out in the future that automatically not monitors, but just it, it modifies my behavior. We are in a consumer society where everything we see on TV is saying you're not good enough unless you have this product. So it's really easy to overspend if you don't have the picture. Correct. Yeah. So what's a, what's a give me one or two mistakes here as we close up. By the way, we're speaking with Mark Cade, who is a, a friend of mine and colleague and somebody that I've worked with off and on, and he's also uh, been in our training. What are a couple mistakes that you that people lament that they made when they get in their 50s so they look back and say geez mark i'm coming to you now i need help boy i really jacked things up by doing this or by not seeing this or by omitting this from my plan uh the biggest comment is uh, what it could have should have i wish i knew now or i knew then what i know now i wish i would have started with a hundred dollars a month okay compounding according to albert einstein is the eighth wonder of the world and I, by illustrating that story, I tell somebody to double a penny for 31 days. Now, that's not compounding. That's doubling. But at the end of 31 days, they have almost a million dollars. Well, that's not compounding, but that is... That's the power of yeah, yeah. duplication. Money, duplication. Scale. So it's all math. So once you figure that... And, and also, another mistake they make is I'll do it later or I'll do it... and. And, and, and they don't because there's always Christmas, there's always a birthday, there's always a, a, a three-day weekend. And, and I'm not suggesting you not do those, but I'm suggesting just understand what your available discretionary dollars are because that's what we're talking about in my world. And, that, and understanding, so once you go through your exercise, I think it's critical. 
and you see that you have $800 a month that you can cut it down to extra that you're spending on things that are foolish, which is great. Let's have fun. Let's have a beer. But once you figure that out, then you say, okay, well, I can save 400 of that and not miss it. And that's what happens. So now you're not putting 100 away. You're putting 500 away. Mm-hmm. And so that's, they say that's, that's their biggest mistake. And the other big mistake is, and I'm not, I promote my profession, but another big mistake is they say, I wish I had an advisor. I wish I, wish I was working with an advisor. Again, and there's some good advisors and there's some bad ones, let's be honest. But the, they all wish that, that was, they had that ability to do that. So, and there I really strongly recommend an accountability partner, whether it's, a, again, a mate, close friend, or an advisor. That's, that keeps you honest. That keeps you going and targeted. And they all, always say, I, I wish we had done that. Well, Mark, I appreciate you being on today. Uh, I think this whole topic is uh, maybe we can do this again and go into a little bit more detail on some of this because I think this it's a fabulous topic as people want to earn more. They earn more because they want to create wealth. But if there's no plan, there's no starting point, and they're not, not clear about where they're going, I think it makes it harder. It does. My last comment is I've, seen, I've worked with people that make 100000 a year or 50000 a year, and I've worked with people that make 500000 a year. It's the same problem. So if you make five hundred and you spend six hundred, <laughs> you're you're in trouble. And people do that. Just costing yourself in that. So once you get your discipline, once you get your strength and your courage and know where you're coming from. And where you're going. And then you can know where you're yep. going and then and then having that, that'll that's your that's put that in your toolbox and, and you're ready. You've been listening to the two X podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky.